because we compare everything to every. I, I mean, I loved it. I know you said, if only I had her abs. Well, I put my wife <laughs> right into that. that. Put your shirt down, Parker. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey, it's Rob here at Rise. Is it as cold where you're at as it is here? I'm pretty sure we've watched the temperature drop to eight degrees overnight. Yeah, you heard me right, eight. No, I don't like it, and I kinda wish I lived in a warmer climate all year round, but it's Iowa. Tomorrow will probably be 60 degrees warmer. That's the thing about Iowa. It's super nice one day, and then you think it's the end of the world the next. I have to admit, we had a beautiful fall and harvest is a big thing in Iowa and in the northwest corner, we were blessed with a great harvest season. Today we get to talk to Jennifer Dukes Lee, who's a farmer's wife, although she thought she'd never be that. She's an author and an all-around great gal. Recently she wrote on her Facebook page this thought of happiness deferred. It's the idea that I'll be happy if only. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier. If only I wasn't in eight degrees weather, I'd be happier. That's kind of the idea. I can't wait for you to hear Jennifer's perspective on enjoying the journey. I hope you are encouraged and I hope you find a little more joy in your journey. Uh, we're very excited today on Enjoying the Journey. We've got Jennifer Dukes Lee with us. She has become a friend of ours. She is an author, but I'm not going to explain everything about her. I'm going to let her do that. We are excited to have you. Thanks so much for being here. I know we share a similar passion that maybe we can get into because you're from the Midwest as well. For our listeners that uh, don't understand the Midwest as much, it's harvest time here. Actually, we're wrapping it up and absolutely love it. So Jennifer, for those that don't know you, would you mind telling us a little bit about your story, your journey? And since I alluded to you being in the Midwest, can you share some fun stories on the farm maybe? Because that always gets <laughs> me excited. All right. Well, thank right. you so much for being with us. Oh, it's so fun to be here. And uh, in my uh, county, Lyon County, Iowa, where pigs outnumber people by a significant margin. <laughs> yes. So if we've got people that aren't from the Midwest, they're going like, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of pigs and corn and beans for miles and miles. And I like to call myself an accidental farm girl because ah. this is the last place that I ever thought I'd be. I grew up in a little town in Iowa and I wasn't a farm kid. I was a town kid, even though I had silos in my horizon in a, back, a cornfield in the backyard. I was a town kid. Ah, and yes. the last thing I was ever going to do was uh, return to small town Iowa or any kind of rural setting. And here I am, right? And so <laughs> I had big city dreams. I went off to Iowa State University, met my husband, Scott, <laughs> who shared big city dreams. He went to law school. I was a newspaper reporter for the Omaha World Herald and then the Des Moines Register. Wow. And God just shook our worlds. And um, when I was pregnant, we just looked at each other. We thought, we can't run like this. Mm. We can't run the pace that we're running now. Um, even, you know, in our early 30s, we could see that, that we were running ourselves ragged and we were on hamster wheels and that we, we would not be able to keep up that pace. And suddenly that life that we both grew up in, in 
the little corner of Iowa, you know, little corner of Iowa looked pretty appealing. So we moved back. And that move back really coincided with um, our faith journeys as well. God um, has taught me a lot about who he is in the Bible. He's taught me a lot about who he is in the church. But where I've seen so many of the stories of the Bible lived out is by looking out my kitchen window and paying attention to the farm. Mm -hmm. And so there's just so much to learn out here. And, you know, you open up the Bible and you just read in scripture stories of um, farming and of the land and of soils and of harvest and of cultivating. And to see it unfold in seasons out the window has been just truly um, remarkable and helps me just be in touch with the seasons of my life. So it's been a real blessing to get back here. We are raising about 700 acres of corn and soybeans and a whole bunch of pigs. And we're also raising two humans. <laughs> that, that, that's probably the most challenging out of that's right. all of that. So we've got one now in college and we've got a sophomore in high school and it's a, it's a good life. It's, Farm life is a beautiful life and a hard life all at once. And sometimes, you know, you can hold both emotions at the same time of both joy and sorrow. And we find ourselves a lot in this life holding, holding both of those. I think we all do. All of your listeners do as well. You know, you can feel full of joy in one moment and the next just deep sorrow. So. Absolutely. And I think that's why I relate so well to you. The farm has never left my blood. I grew up on a farm till I was a little, well, little kid. And then my dad became a pastor. But the way you describe it for anybody that hasn't been around farming, you just have to be out on a farm, especially during harvest. It's a beautiful thing. And it sometimes is difficult to describe, but it is in those moments, like you said, it's full of joy and it can be full of of hardship as well. It's really cool to hear about your story that you guys were big city dreamers and wow, you had some some big jobs there. That yeah. is that is exciting. And it's and exciting. now for for our listeners that maybe don't know that you are an author, published right. author, write extremely well. How did that come about? Well, I've been writing since I was a little kid. I had my first news job when I was 16 years old and then went to study journalism. So I've always had this deep love of, of words and telling stories and telling other people's stories. And when I was in Des Moines, I covered politics. So I covered presidential elections, which is pretty exciting in Iowa because of right. the First of the Nation caucuses. So it's an exciting place. But you know, when we came back here, I thought, well, I don't know what else to write. All I've ever written is news stories. Hmm. Well, right about that time, there were these things called blogs that were beginning. Oh. Sure. And so 2008, 2009, I started writing a blog. And then I started teaching at Dort, was then Dort College, it's now Dort University. I okay. taught journalism there for a few years. And I guess all of that led to books. Um, I ended up uh, writing my first Christian book in 2014 uh, called Love Idol. And it's about kind of getting over wanting people's approval. The second one was The Happiness Dare. And it was this book about whether we as Christians should pursue happiness, whether it was, or is it just joy that we're after? Mm. What's it like? Does God care more about our holiness than our happiness? Or is it okay to want to be happy? And what does that look like? My third book is called It's All Under Control. And right now in a world that feels very out of control, yes. it's been a title that's, that's, uh, that people are really turning to in these hard times. And I'm grateful 
for the Lord, to the Lord for being able to provide that resource. And then I have another book coming out in the spring called Growing Slow. And all of the stories of that book are really uh, coming out of our life here on the farm. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah, I've always been a lover of words and I've always been a storyteller and a news reporter, but now I consider myself a good news news reporter and always, you know, kind of out of the good news yeah. of Jesus Christ, right? T telling Absolutely. those stories are my favorite. No, it, it's wonderful. And actually, that's what caught my attention on Facebook this week is you had written something on your Facebook post or whatever we call it, the technical term. And it caught my attention because <clears throat> for those that maybe are just tuning in or haven't heard of this podcast, we call it Enjoying the Journey. And you had written something this week about living kind of where you're at, but also these ideas of if onlys and that they rob opportunities of joy, happiness, things like that. Can, can you explain that a little bit more? To, I, I just thought it was so good and want to share that. Absolutely. So this really occurred to me about five years ago. This, the flaw, I call it the flaw of if only thinking. And I began to study this particular concept when I was writing my second book, The Happiness Dare. And I found that one of the major obstacles that stands in the way of happiness is this belief that we would be happy and content if only. Right. And that our happiness gets held hostage by a long line of if onlys. And so they could be simple things like, um, if only winter wasn't so cold. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and then in the summer, if only summer wasn't so hot. <laughs> and then when we've got the, the, the kids, are, if, if you're a parent, your kids are toddlers and you think, man, if only the kids were older. Right. And then when they turn into teenagers and they've got these raging hormones, we hear ourselves <laughs> saying, if only they were little again. Yep. I'm in that category <laughs> right. right now. So there are those little ones and there's, there's ones that affect the way we feel about ourselves and our bodies. Like yeah. if only I had better abs or if only I could lose 10 pounds, then I'll be happy. Right. That's when I'm really going to do something or in, in our work, if only my boss wasn't such a jerk, <laughs> right? You know, whatever it is, or if only I could just catch a break and it always, what I call it is, is happiness deferred. Mm. If only happiness is happiness deferred, it, it postpones our happiness to another place and another time. Absolutely. You, uh, as you were saying those, I remember you put on your Facebook, if only I had her abs and all I could do was think about my wife in getting ready in the morning going, Rob, Rob, if, if, Honey, you look fantastic. Does this look good? Yes. Yes, it looks good. I'd tell you if it didn't, because I'll get in trouble later if I let you, <laughs> you know, you told me it looked good. Everybody made fun of me at, at, at my job today teaching. No, it looks great. But when you brought that up, because we were talking a little bit about farming, my happiness deferred was this fall because I did not sit physically in a combine or a tractor and this may sound odd to people listening because maybe they're the big city dream people, but I wanted to be in one of those so bad. And I thought, if only, if only I could get in one of those, then it would be fun. If only I could be a part of the harvest crew for two days or three days, then it would, then it would be awesome. So I really love what you bring up with happiness deferred. So as you, as you talk about that and, and as we 
look at this idea of enjoying the journey, what are some thoughts that you could give us that if you're in a moment of happiness deferred, you can move out of it? Absolutely. So the biggest way out of the flawed if only thinking is to replace if only with two other words. And those are thank you. Ah. Thank you. And um, so thank you begins by recognizing the gifts that we've already been given and taking the time to be grateful for them and puts us in um, uh, displacing if only. And um, I call that the principle of the head to foot, alleluia. Mm. And what I mean by that is Augustine said, there's a quote from Augustine and it says, a Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. Mm. A Christian should be an alleluia from head to foot. So in the principle of the head to foot, alleluia, it's not waist to foot. It's not armpit to foot. It's uh-huh. head to foot. And, and if gratitude is somehow directly proportional to my happiness, I am going to be far happier on the days when I am grateful from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. And so for me, um, that is taking time every day to catalog my gratitude, to thank the Lord for my gratitude. I mean, sometimes I think about people who, you know, we as Christians, if you're a Christian listening to this, um, you have, but we all have this built-in potential to experience profound gratitude, whether you're an atheist or whether you're a Christian or some other faith practice. Um, all kinds of secular research will point to thankfulness as this foundational piece of happiness. But imagine what it would be like if all you had to do is direct your thankfulness into thin air or, or to the lucky stars, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Right? But with God, we have a particular place to guide our guidance. So we get to have this conversation with God and thank him for whatever is in our midst. And so when I look out my back window, I am the only person that every day, myself and my family are the only people every day that get to enjoy what's right here. And if I don't thank God for that, then who does? Uh-huh. So when I take time to think, I, I'm honoring my Lord when yeah. I take time to thank him for it. But also I feel a lot better because I'm dwelling on thank you instead of if only. So good. That is so good. I think you should be in church on Sunday morning preaching that <laughs> all over. Because <clears throat> I think it's time for all of us to take an inventory and to stop. And of course, I'm preaching to myself, right? To stop the if only and to have this attitude of gratitude from head to foot. I think that's so good. You bring up in the beginning of our conversation, raising corn soybeans, hogs, and two humans talking about gratitude and and not wishing everything away. So I have a freshman daughter and this morning she was in one of her freshman moods. And I'm like, if only, if only you were a little happier, if only you weren't so rolling your eyes at dad, if only. And it's like, nah, take a step back, take inventory, be happy that she's here. You know, she might not be happy at the moment, but she's here in the house and you get to have a conversation. I think that is awesome advice. As as 2020 has gone on, as you've spent time on a farm, as you uh, have written books and continue on in your journey, what would you say is the the toughest thing you've had to deal with? And it can go back from childhood to now, but yeah, just the toughest 
I would think that, I don't know if it's the toughest, but if I had stayed there, it definitely would have been the toughest. But I, I grew up in a church, Rob. I mean, I walked to church every Sunday morning with my dad, you know, mm-hmm. just step for step with him. And mom was already there because she sang with the trio or she was getting ready for some potluck or something. I mean, our lives were emerged in small town church. We didn't miss a Sunday. And from a very young age, um, I would often look around that sanctuary and, and wonder, are, you know, is this real? Is this, it, what are we really worshiping to? And how come it seems like it's not making a difference in some of these people's lives? Because there were a lot of people in there that didn't seem like they were living the head to foot, hallelujah. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. if you got to dig a mile deep to find somebody's smile, is that the joy of the Lord? And, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and I'm sure they were going through hard times, but as a child, it spoke a lot to me. It just didn't, something didn't match. Mm. And um, from a young age, I thought that Jesus was um, not even likely, it wasn't even a question for me whether he was, I, I didn't believe he was the savior, but I, I honestly didn't know that if he ever even walked the earth. Mm. And so um, kind of fell into the category of Santa Claus for me oh, and sure. got into my teenage years and it deepened and got into my 20s. And I just entered a very dark place of unbelief. And um, it was it's real. I, that, I think that's part of the reason I buried myself in my work so much. Because when it would hit me the hardest was at the end of the night and I would be going to sleep and I would think this is it. This is the, this is where life, you know, my time is now. I got to make the most of it and live my best life now because there ain't no life after this. Right. And I was intensely terrified of dying because it was the end of everything. Mm-hmm. And um, coming out of that place and, you know, emerging on the other side and where I am, sometimes I just look at the fact that I'm writing books um, that point people to Jesus. And I'm like, this yeah. is crazy. Right. But had I stayed in that place, it would have been messy. But, but a holdover thing, this thing that sticks to me still is in times of adversity, in times of disappointment, in times of trial, it's easier for me to question God and doubt his faithfulness. And that's why, you know, I have to spend a lot of time in the Bible and a lot of time in prayer because I need to resource myself on the inside for those hard times. I, I, just in the same way that I go to strength training three times a week so that my muscles stay strong right. so that I can, you know, as I age, that I can keep moving along without a lot of pain. Like if I stop that, I get weak again. And so I'm fine. I really have to dig myself in to resource myself on the inside because, you know, we're dealing with trials here in the Lee household. We've got every year there's some new difficulty on the farm or there's some question about finances or, you know, I've got aging parents who've gone through some horrific struggles that we've walked with them through. Scott lost his dad 10 years ago, way earlier than we ever imagined that we would lose Paul. And it was a, a great trial for us. And I mean, you know, we can all make a long laundry list of all the things that we've gone through and all the private struggles that even I deal with now with some things with, with our family that are really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not resourced on the inside, um, I'm not going to make it through the journey because I will just go back to that old doubting place. Oh, I think you, I think you sum it up so extremely well. We're all on a, 
all on a journey. And if, if we don't resource ourselves well, and, and that may mean, obviously, it's spending time in God's word. It's, it's time praying. But I also think it's time fellowshipping with one another and having conversations about things that we struggle with or things we're doubting or concerns that we have. I think God uses individuals as well to speak back into our lives. And we can be resourced that way. I mean, you've resourced me this entire conversation, which is awesome. And that's why I wanted to have it because, you know, many of the listeners probably don't know who I am or what I am, but your if only message is what I need right now. I need to stop allowing happiness to be deferred. And I need to understand. I, I love that picture you gave us that if, you and your family stand at your back window. I think it was the back window or front window. And you're the only ones that get to see it daily and thank God for it. That if you don't do it, who will? And I think you've you've hit me deeply today on, Rob, you need to thank God for some things that only you get to see. But thank him because they're there. And, you know, I think that was a, a beautiful thing. And I, I think listeners that maybe are struggling or their happiness is deferred right now, they need to take what you've said to heart and have gratitude from, from the head to the foot and that don't defer the happiness. Don't stop the if onlys and just say, wow, look what he's given me. Look what he's given me. Thank you so very much for everything that you have shared with us today. It has been an awesome conversation. You bless me every time we we get to chat. I think maybe I even get to see you at a competition here a little bit later today. Which I believe going, so. what? What's that all about? Well, that's what happens when you live in the Midwest. That's right. <laughs> and different things like that. But is there anything else you would love to leave our listeners with uh, today? I thought it would be fun to share a quick story. Um, if you're familiar with Corey Ten Boom, I'm sure you yes. are. I'm sure your listeners are. And she really lived this principle of the head to foot, hallelujah. Um, if you've read The Hiding Place, she tells this really cool tale on it. And, and if you don't have that book, those of you who are listening, go grab it. But the book tells of um, Corey Ten Boom's imprisonment in a concentration camp. And she was with her sister, Betsy. And they had been assigned to sleep in this filthy room and the plumbing had backed up and they were sleeping on straw covered like beds and um just stuck really bad and there were fleas it was hot awful 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 and Corey says to her sister betsy she says how can we live in this place and then right then betsy prayed to god she said show us how mm-hmm. and what happened next is that uh betsy says to Corey, in the bible what, what did we read this morning? What did we read? Let's read that part again. And um, she looks down at her Bible and she says, oh, it was in First Thessalonians. And oh, yes, they remembered. It was rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. And Bet- Betsy's like, yes, that's it. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then what they began to do is um, they would hold these worship services in the rear of the, the, the dormitory where they were. And it was just like single light bulb. And they took the message of the gospel to um, everywhere. And, and under this, this uh, light bulb, they would preach. And um, they said that those were the most joyous of times mm-hmm. in the sanctuary of God's fleas. They called it a sanctuary. Oh, wow. They ministered the word of God to everybody in the, in the room. And um, they watched women and, uh, who had lost everything just grow really rich 
in hope and in faith. And so from that seed of gratitude, yep. First Thessalonians, that prayer to God from not saying, if only we were back home, right? thank you, God, they were able to transform their inner thought life and take the gospel to women in need and transformed a whole group of women. So that's, that's the power that it, it can have, exchanging if only and, and putting thank you in there instead. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so very much. You have blessed us. I know you will bless our listeners as well. I appreciate all that you're doing. I appreciate your words and your storytelling. And yeah, just uh, taking time to spend with us today. So thank you so much. Have a blessed afternoon. And I will say con uh, good luck or go get them. I know there's comp uh, cross country. So anybody that listening that loves cross country, it's district day today. So two of us as parents are a little nervous right now because in a couple hours, our kids are gonna be running and we'll see what happens. That's right. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day. Honored to be here, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast, brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening.